Howdy, y'all. Welcome to Family with Family, a mindful discussion of wholesome fare. My name is Jackson Harper, and joining me, as always, is my mother, Patricia Ann Stover Harper. Greetings. <laughs> what, no salutations this week? Salutations. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. Yes. Okay. Um, how was your day? Well, I spent the majority of it in a recliner. I'm recovering from a quite a terrible injury, but I'm mm-hmm. sitting at the computer tonight, so I'm very yeah. happy to be sitting here. All right. You got anything else to share? Um, no. Okay. Like what? Like what? I don't know. I mean, that's how podcasts work. Okay. Well, small talk at the okay. top. Okay, Eric. These people into Eric and Carrie got a car yesterday. A much needed vehicle. It's not new. In fact, it's two thousand. By the way, y'all, this is my brother and my sister-in-law. Yeah, and (laughs) they had borrowed one of our cars for several months. Mm -hmm. But we're we were happy to loan it to them till they could find the car. So they got a Mm -hmm. Honda. Okay. Everybody in our family is driving a Honda or a Honda type, like you have the top of the line. Every single person. I have an old top of the line. It's not the top of the line anymore. (laughs) No, no, but Jenna has the top of the line Honda Odyssey. Oh, okay. But but every single person is driving a Honda. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because Brandon's driving an Accord. Okay. Dad drives an Accord. I drive an Odyssey. (laughs) <laughs> now, Carrie and Eric have a, a CRV. So that's enough small talk for that. Family but with hot, family. It's hot. Brought here. to you by Honda. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really hot here. I mean, I thought I was going to have to turn on the air conditioning today. Got it's I- hot there. I mean, it was it was pretty hot here. I mean, by the way, y'all, she lives in North Alabama. I live in Central Florida. We are having a heat wave. Yeah. I mean, like close to 80 degrees today. That is not typical for February. No. No. Okay. Well, why don't you tell the listeners uh, what we're talking about tonight? Tonight, we are talking about the movie from 2000 called Remember the Titans, the story of a 1971 high school football team in Alexandria, Virginia. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as I know, it's based on a true story, but I'm sure it's a movie. It's a movie. Um, (laughs) This is one's kind of near and dear to my heart. I graduated in 1971. Yeah. And this story is about uh, a a time of integration and my high school, which we can talk about later, went through Mm -hmm. a similar event. Yeah. And um, well, and I played football a little bit in high school. So we both have things to talk about. We do. We do. All right. What do we normally do next? I guess we, we need to talk about, we talked about what the premise is. So uh, why don't we go into the characters a little bit? Okay. All right. She makes lists, y'all. Uh, and I have she does. She, that's, that's her function on this podcast is she is the, she is the, um, the scribe, yes, the record I, I even, I even, uh, from unclaimed baggage in Scottsboro, Alabama. No, this is maybe from a bin store. Goodwill. <laughs> this one came from Goodwill. I picked up a, a composition notebook sometime oh back boy. and I decided to devote it totally to family with family. So it's a school. All right. Notebook. Anyway, so uh, I, I think character. we should call we should call this segment character counts. Character counts. Okay. Because character counts, but also we're sort of character. counting. I know the it's characters. A pun. I already got. It's that. a pun. It's a pun. Oh, <laughs> we have this thing because my favorite type of humor is puns. Yeah. Punish my children with puns. Oh, they were cracking. <laughs> sorry about that okay Herman (laughs) Boone main character played by Denzel Washington Mm -hmm. 
is I would say one of the main two two or three main characters. He's mm-hmm. who the movie is basically about. Um, was a, a coach from North Carolina, and he was hired to come to this integrated school. And uh, and sorry, I had to put my phone on silent. <laughs> and and be the he thought he was going to be an assistant coach, maybe. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he ended up being the head coach for this initial mm-hmm. year of uh, integration. And it should be noted that in the movie, it, it sounds like. Uh, that the black people have moved over to the white school, but it isn't that way. It wasn't that way at all. The mm-hmm. white people moved over to another school from, uh, and they went to this, maybe a joint school. Cause some mm-hmm. of the schools in Alexandria were integrated, but the white school Hampton was not. So anyway, anyway, he's hired. And the, of course the Caucasians, white people, whatever we shall call them were all up in arms because he was hired to be the head coach. And then mm-hmm. we have the other coach who was the head coach at, at the, the white school. Um, that would be um, Bill Yost. Bill Yost, yes. He's another. And then in the football players, we have the captain of the team, Gary Bertier. Mm-hmm. And we have Julius Campbell, who is maybe the kind of the leader of the other team's school. Mm-hmm. Um, how many do you want me to name? Oh, as many as you want. Okay. You don't Alan, have to name all of them. One of my them. favorite guys, Alan Bosley. Bosley, Bosley, Bosley. Yeah. Uh, we have Louis. Played Lab- by Ryan Gosling. Yes. Who was not a movie star when this movie came out. Like, but I he became a movie his, star. He is now. Louis yes. Lastic. Louis Lastic. And I don't mm-hmm. even know who plays him, but he's Ethan Supley. He's a really big guy in the movie, but I understand he's lost a lot of weight since then. Well, he hasn't just lost weight. He is like a muscle guy now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Look at pictures of him now. He is oh, like, yeah. yeah, he is like a bodybuilder almost. Yeah. Uh, a kid named Petey Jones which we'll talk about more. Ronnie Bass, Sunshine. Yeah, Sunshine. The Rev, Jerry Harris. Mm-hmm. Ray Buds, the least favorite character in the entire movie. I found out that that character is not based on a real person. Oh, well, I'm glad because- They he, made him up for the movie, yeah. Because you, you gotta have somebody you can't like. And he's <laughs> He's the guy you can't like. Yeah. Uh, another coach, Herb Tyrell. He was with Mr. Yost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blue, Blue Stanton. Emma, the, the female character. Um, it's a high school student. And coach Charlie Campbell. And then there's Wait. the wife of Denzel Washington. The wife. Yeah, but you're forgetting my favorite character. All right. Um, uh, what's her first name? Cheryl. Cheryl. Cheryl Yost. I love Cheryl. She is adorable. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I just hadn't, I can't believe I didn't write her down because I didn't. Well, and she's played by uh, Hayden Panettiere, who went on to become a really good actor. I mean, well, she's, she's good in this movie, too. She's a wonderful actress in this. She's, but she's been on a couple hit TV shows. She's been in other okay. movies. Okay. And she's semi retired from acting now, but. Uh, she's coming back for Scream 6, which I'm very excited for. Whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> I think that covers, well, then there's, of course, there's moms and dads. There's a lot of characters, yeah. There are a lot of characters, but these are mm-hmm. the main football players. Okay. Is- well, uh, tell me, who's your favorite character in the movie? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> that's what we do here on Family with Family. We answer the hard questions. I know, but that isn't even yet. That's not even yet. <laughs> well, that's yeah, not- but you can you can give me a you can give me <laughs> outlines <laughs> All right. and summaries. All right. All right, I'll give you my. We're talking favorite. about characters right okay. now, so give me your favorite character, and I'll tell you mine. Well, I already kind of did. It, that, it's not really Cheryl, but I do love Cheryl. Well, everybody does, but yeah, I just, I just love Julius. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love Julius too. I, I go back and forth between him and Gary and well, we'll talk you. about that later because that is, you know, if, um, if Denzel is the star of the movie and, um, Will Patton as Coach Yost is kind of Denzel's foil in the movie. Mm -hmm. The relationship between Julius and Gary is the heart of the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I guess, yeah, we've done a pretty decent rundown of the characters. We can talk about them as we go along. Um, but... We like to do, and I, ha I haven't come up with a, uh, a catchy name for this segment yet, but we like to talk about, we just like to pick kind of three scenes that either really move us or just make us laugh or just exemplify the movie to us. So I'm going to let you go first. I was going to let you go first because no. our favorite scene, we always clash on. We're going to clash yeah, on. Yeah, we always We're do, but I have, I have backups. I, it's All right. fine. I'll, I'll come up with other stuff. I, it's really hard to pick three favorite scenes because I love this movie. This was one mm -hmm. that I chose. And this is okay. Just so y'all know the, the structure of this podcast, we have decided that I pick the odd numbers. She picks the even numbers. So I picked the kid who would be King. She picked this one. So <laughs> there we go. Love this movie. I did from the very first time I saw it. Um, my, I guess my favorite moment of the movie um, is when Gary it rebukes Julius mm -hmm. um, at the football camp and Julius gives it back to him. Mm -hmm. They, they can't seem to come together. And um, the coach, coach Yost has demanded that they find out something about each other. No, Boone. Boone I mean, coach, coach Boone has demanded yeah. that they all mm -hmm. find out something of their roommate and uh we should say well he doesn't just say their roommate he specifically says you must spend every day talking to uh, a member college. of a different race yes and you so know. this day and and gary and julius are forced to room together and we mm -hmm. haven't talked about that yet but that's another part of my favorite another scene that i love too but um at, at, at one point, Gary uh, and Julius are standing by a wall and they're just giving it to each other. You know, it's after a very hard practice. It too. is. Yeah. And um, Gary rebukes Julius. And I can't remember even exactly what he says. But Julius, the, the point of it is, is that Julius throws it right back in his face. That, well, what he says is that Julius is not out there playing for the team for the team like he's yes. just out there you know doing his own thing yes yeah i should have said that, that but i mean i did know that i just can't remember the exact words it's okay but julius gives it right back to him and eventually the they they're kind of at a standoff and then gary thinks he's got the last word he mm -hmm. thinks he's got the last word of um, for Julius, that Julius yeah. have another retort, and Julius says he he accuses him of having a bad attitude. Just yeah, got Jerry, the worst. Or Gary. Gary accuses Julius, Julius of having yes. the worst attitude, and Julius mm -hmm. looks at him. He says, "Attitude reflects leadership." Yeah, and that's a very poignant point in the movie. It's real. Like I it mean, is. I. You know, I don't know in your life uh, the kinds of situations you've been in where maybe you've had a bad attitude because of bad leadership. But I can point to plenty in mine, especially in my work life, where I've had poor management and it makes me not want to do a good job. Because the people who are in charge, quote unquote, uh, they don't they don't seem to have my interests in mind they don't seem to care about me they seem to care about all the wrong things and they don't seem to be necessarily team players they just want to like be the boss and lord it over and it it does not help 
doesn't help in any situation. Yeah. Good point. And I think that's where that's where Gary is ultimately coming from. He doesn't think he's coming from there, but he thinks he's the boss mm-hmm. because he's the captain. Right. He's always been the captain. But he is not encouraging teamwork among the rest of the team. He's not. And so Julius is just like, well, fine. If the team captain doesn't care about teamwork, neither do I. Right. So attitude reflects leadership. Something for us all to learn. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a, <laughs> I'm going to go with a funny one. Okay. Cause I just, I love little comedic moments in movies. And one of my favorite ones in this movie is, and this is way at the end of the movie where they're playing for the, the, the state championship. And Gary at this point is in the hospital because he's been in a car crash uh, which I also found out is not real. He had that car crash after that season was over. He did. Yeah. But he's in the hospital in the movie. And, and the, it's not going well for the Titans. And the nurse comes in the door. And she's like, what's wrong, Gary? And he goes, you get out of here or something like that. He throws a football at the door. And she just leaves. I love that kind of stuff. It's just like, yeah. I, oh, no. He says, don't come in here. He's just very short with her because he's I so know, stressed out that. about his team. He is. So yeah, that was good. I that like made that. me laugh. I, I was watching it before we got on this to podcast. And that moment just made me laugh really hard. So I thought I'd I, go with that one. I was watching it, too. But I didn't make yeah. it that far. Well, I mean, I got home from work and put the put the movie on. And, yeah. Very good. All right, you you want another one? Yeah, let's hear another one. All right, I'm going to pick the one. This uh, this is towards the end of the movie. The they've been winning all their games, but they one of the the, the black the black player they call together a meeting in the gym, and I don't really mm-hmm. know who calls the meeting, but. Who's the guy that starts talking? It's um, well, it's, it's uh, um, blue. Lewis. It's bl- Lewis and Blue. I feel like Lewis and Blue are the ones that call the meeting. Yeah, but it, right. But Blue is the one that he's. We're nothing. We're not. We're not. Yes. Having, we're not winning. We're not doing anything. Um, mm-hmm. They are just. They understand that if we're, they're not a team together. Okay. Mm-hmm they let other outside things affect them then they're not even though they win games they're not winners mm-hmm. and um my favorite part of it though, though is when lewis starts singing uh, passages from isaiah 40 do i need yes to go ahead okay just a minute just hang in there just a second oh i just love it because um Okay. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous men, young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. They're about to go up against a, a really difficult game. And they know that if they are not together as a team, mm-hmm. um, that they are not going to have a winning season. Okay, yeah. and that's when they decide to come into the game. It's not the last game. It, they decide to come in and and come in as a team. Yeah, and that's when it really is fun. Okay. Oh, they dance and sing. They and dance and sing, and the other yeah. teams are the other team is just looking at them like they're crazy. But that's a very heartwarming moment, and I realize mm-hmm. it's the movies. I really well, apparently the Titans did actually sing during their pregame. They, they did it to in, they did it to intimidate the other team. They did not dance though, but they did I, sing. They they did like chants and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, then I like it even better. Yeah, especially if it really happened. But I just like it because they they were already getting along, but they still weren't totally together in one mm-hmm. spirit, and then. Than they were, except yeah. for one, except for one guy. 
Well, <laughs> the fictional character, Ray. I'm glad he's yeah. fictional. <laughs> okay, your turn. Um, okay, so one of my favorite characters from this movie, I, we've talked about, you know, Gary and Julius and Cheryl, but I love Coach Yost. Oh, yeah. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot for uh, an actor who's not a big movie star to do scenes with Denzel Washington. Because I don't know how much you know about Denzel Washington, but apparently in real life, he's a very intimidating person. Well, I can imagine that he is. Like, he, he's not mean or anything, but he's just, he's very serious and he's very intense. He's like his characters. His characters are always that way. <laughs> and apparently in real life, he's very intimidating. So you take somebody like Will Patton, who's not a movie star. He's done some good work in other movies, but um, he gives a great performance in this movie. He does. And one of my favorite moments is during the game where you've got the uh, refs who are just keep calling bad calls all night. And there's a whiff of a conspiracy, which I also found out that did not happen. Um, but in the movie, it happened. And he brings, because he's the defensive coordinator. So he brings, um, he brings the defense together and he says, I don't want them to gain another yard. You blitz all night. If they pass the line of scrimmage, I will get all of you or something like that. And then he <laughs> says, I want them to remember forever the night they played the Titans. I love that line. <laughs> it's so good. It's one of those lines that like, you know, I don't know. Do you remember seeing this movie for the first time? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah we all went to see it. Oh, do I remember when we went to see it? No. I don't. Yeah, we saw it when it came I'm out. I'm sure we theaters. did. Yeah. And sure. I think we probably, I think we were at the Fort Payne, the old Hamilton cinema that's not there anymore. So we were probably hollering by now. Yeah. yeah. But I remember going to see that movie. And that that is a moment that is it's just one of those moments that sticks with you forever. And so, yeah. So that's my, that's my next moment. Not because it's like deep thematically. I guess it you can extract something from it. You know, he is he is bringing the team together. Um, but it's more just I just love that moment of of drama. You know, it's it's the it's the Braveheart speech. You know, yes, it it's Aragorn talking to the troops before they run into Mordor. That sort of thing. You know who Dad calls the uh, hero of this movie? Who? Coach Yost. I mean, I think I think that this movie has a lot of heroes. Uh, we'll talk about Coach Yost in a little bit because I have other things I want to say about him. Okay, but yeah. Well, I probably should have uh, for my second one. I probably now have to go way back to the beginning of the movie for That's another. Okay. People okay, have so, seen this movie. I mean, this is true. <laughs> Probably as many times as we have. But yeah. I love the scene where um, they've gotten in a, they have not had good practices and Coach Boone gets the team up at three o'clock in the morning and mm -hmm. makes them run to the field at Gettysburg, which we know is not Gettysburg, but um, they're running through the mud. They get there, they're thirsty, they're tired. And he reminds them, what happened at Gettysburg, that over 50,000 people died. And if they don't come together, it was, it's just a total waste of blood. Mm -hmm. And um, I, it was that night at the practice when Julius and Gary connected. I, mm -hmm. I, I love that scene though, because it's like, though it's the light is not going on for everybody. Mm -hmm. They're beginning to see the point. Yeah. Okay. That's my other favorite scene. I love that scene. Okay. Well, then I'm going to circle us back to the end because we started this discussion with Gary and Julius. Okay. And their initial confrontation. And so I want to talk about where their relationship ends up. Have you got a clean <laughs> No, but I think I'll be okay. okay. But 
you know, it's, it's that scene. Like I said, Gary has been in a car accident. He's in the hospital and um, Julia shows up at the hospital and he's so worried. He's just devastated. And uh, Gary's mom, who has had some tension with Julius, but has come around, uh, tells Julius, like, he, you're the only one he wants to see. Mm-hmm. And she says, you, you, you have to stop crying. You have to be strong because tears aren't going to make my son walk again. Of course, Gary Bertier never walked again, but that's not the point. But he goes into Gary's room and the nurse is there, the nurse that he threw the football at and made shut the door um and the nurse is like there's only family allowed in here gary says alice are you blind can't you see the family resemblance that's my brother and julius comes over to the bed and they start talking and you know julius is like i should have been there with you it's like what so you could be in the bed next to me (laughs) yeah and then julius says you know when all this is over we're gonna move into the same neighborhood we're gonna get old and we're gonna get fat and there won't be any of this black white between us i wish there wasn't and then gary says you know when i met you i was afraid of you but i see now i was only hating my brother So I, I I don't know what more to say about it. I think the scene speaks for itself. And yeah, it's very, it's very on the nose. It's very obvious, but it's powerful. And um, the actors, I can't remember the guy that plays Gary, but the guy that plays Julius is Wood Harris. And they just deliver that scene so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And you just really believe in the relationship between these two guys that started out, well, we talked about this last time, turning your enemies into allies. And we'll talk about this a little bit too, in a little bit, when we get into deeper themes. But, you know, they weren't enemies. They'd been told they were supposed to be enemies. Mm -hmm. But they they were always teammates. They just had to see that. And that you know that brings on a beautiful friendship you know left side yeah <laughs> you know wrong side you were supposed to side. yeah you were supposed strong to play side. the other part strong okay, side there we go left side strong side there we go <laughs> <laughs> i love it when they butt their helmets together yeah except that hurts i've done that uh-huh. in a football helmet that hurts Imagine it would no, be thank good you. for the neck. Never correct. Yeah, no. There's a reason that's a penalty in an actual football game. You can't do helmet to helmet contact. So anyway, all right. Well, those those are our those are our favorite moments from the movie. But I got so, one that I didn't ever notice until tonight. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, this movie was filmed in Georgia. Okay. Okay, the whole movie. Wasn't it the whole the whole movie was filmed in Georgia? Probably. They film a lot of stuff in Georgia. Well, That's where they shoot Marvel movies well, most of the, the time. The thing is, now. is the the movie, the bulk of the movie, or the camp part of the movie was shot an hour and a half from here at Martha okay. Mary College in Rome. Oh, okay. Yeah. All those beautiful buildings and the that was filmed at at Berry College. Those, oh, okay. Getty, those Gettysburg buildings. You know, that was in the lunchroom. Guess what kind of milk they were drinking? What kind? Mayfield. Mayfield? Okay. They don't have Mayfield milk in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I don't know what kind of milk they, you are from that part of the country. You know what kind of milk. There was no Mayfield milk. Mayfield milk is made in Tennessee. About an hour and a half, another direction up the road. <laughs> they were, I never even noticed that. And then I said, Mike, you're drinking Mayfield. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody had Mayfield milk on the, t- on the table. I just thought that was really funny. Well, I mean, if we're talking about things we caught watching the movie this time, 
And I've told you a little bit about this before because I knew about it, but this time I really I know caught it in the background is uh, to circle back to the kid who would be king last time. One of my bullies as a child is in this movie and I saw him in the background of scenes this time when I was, because I was looking for him. Oh, oh he's I, there. I don't recognize him. Well, you wouldn't. I mean, he, at this point was. And I remember you know, what he looked like. He was, you know, 19, 20 years old at this point. Yeah, I know. When he made this movie. But yeah, he was there. He was there. I saw him. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. His only dialogue got cut out. You can only see him in the background now. And I won't name him, of course, because why would I do that? That's mean. That wasn't nice. Yeah. Oliver, Oliver. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, y'all. Sorry. Okay. Only only people around here who knew us back then would recognize that. Of course, he didn't play Oliver. No. Anyway. Well, let's talk about, let's, let's dig a little deeper then into the kind of things that this movie makes us think about. Again, no catchy title for this segment. This is just, this is real talk, I guess. Um, so I'm going to let you start, you know, as the elder in this conversation. About things? Yeah. Well, of course, the main theme to me in this movie is the age-old theme of prejudice. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, we, like I said, I, I was a junior in high school and in Asheville, North Carolina, and our school was integrated. Mm-hmm. Lee Edwards High School was integrated. The other school, um, I can't even remember the name, it's might have been South French Broad or something. But anyway, it was not integrated. It was an it was a black school. And but they were forced to close that school. I think they turned it into another grade. And um the, all all the people from that school had to come to Lee Edwards. I don't even know how we fit them in because it was already full to begin with. I guess it wasn't a very big school. But that first year we, we did have a riot, but um it was Sadly, I think outsiders came on one of our school days because I don't think it was students. I really don't. And they Mm -hmm. caused a riot outside the school. And I just remember being afraid. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, it didn't happen again. And I don't remember any racial tensions after that day. I have no recollection of any. So I just I really think it wasn't the kids. Kids, yeah. are more, kids are more accepting. Um, Mostly, yes. But yeah. I, I really don't understand why. I mean, I know that you grew up in a, in a segregated area. I did not. But you mm-hmm. basically did. Um, we're all human beings. We mm-hmm. all have blood, XY chromosomes, DNA. We're all the same, except for the color of our skin. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm still sad that here we are in 2023 and there's still racial tension and mm-hmm. I just don't understand it. I'm still struggling to understand it because I grew up in a family that did not, was not prejudiced. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I can't understand it. I wish more people would watch the movie and understand that you can get along. And I know there's real problems out there. There are real problems, Mm -hmm. but I believe that a lot of it is caused by outside forces. Yeah. And I think that's part of what the movie is addressing. It's it, the, the kids have tension in the beginning, you know, the players, um, and through a common goal, they're able to overcome that. Right. But they're still acted upon by the sort of the world that they live in, you know, their mm-hmm. parents and, uh, you know, the, the school board or, you know, the people deciding who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, the referees, the coaches. Um, there's all these people that ha- have sort of bought into this idea that 
we're divided. We always have to be that way. We don't we don't deal with those people because those those are just those people. They're not our people. They, that's a that's a big thing that keeps being said in the movie is everybody's always talking about your people. You know, right? It's nobody's saying nobody's today. saying our people. Yeah, exactly. And I. So where does it stop? I, that's, that is, that is the million dollar question. Well, I don't know. I think, I think there's only and, one you know what, problem. We should, we should acknowledge that we're a couple of white people talking about this. We don't have uh, a person of another race to ring in on this podcast. Not yet, at least. Um, and so we're, we only see one side of, the issue mm-hmm. you know uh, a black person will see a completely different side and I think that's what the movie that's what the movie is really getting at is until you are willing to listen to to another group of people and and realize that really you're just all people like these problems don't get solved it gets solved by listening to, and that's what Gary and Julius did outside. Exactly. Well, they listened to each other. Yeah, they listened to each other, mm-hmm. and it starts with a fight. You know, it starts with conflict. I was actually watching another YouTube video about this, and I, I you know, I don't want to just crib stuff from what other people say, but the guy made a good point uh, that you know, because uh, the guy that was on the video is like a, um, like a marriage counselor, like a licensed therapist. And he was talking about like when he's dealing with these, these couples that come into counseling, you know, a lot of people like to avoid conflict. They like to avoid difficult topics. And, and he pointed out that in that scene with Gary and Julius, where uh, Gary confronts Julius about his attitude on the field and Julius throws it right back at him that they're not avoiding conflict. They're, they're addressing the conflict, but they're actually hearing each other. Right. And he said, the, the clever thing that he said is like, conflict is like manure. It stinks and everybody hates it, but it helps things grow. It does, it you fertilizes. Know? And so I think, I think there's a, there's a part of, um, there's a part of the tension in our society that comes from avoiding conflict. And then there's the part that comes from uh, having conflict, but you're still not listening to where the other person is coming from. And when leadership is fueling the conflict, it's yes, bad. it's, really- Oh, that's, that's when it becomes the worst. Yeah. Because yeah. people will listen to leaders, you know, <laughs> there's a reason that, that uh, so many terrible leaders have have taken control in history. It's mm-hmm. because people listened to them and believed what they said, you know, instead of believing their neighbor, believing the person that was right there in front of them. They listened to this person that, you know, fueled their conflict. And I think I think part of this movie is is listening to the person right in front of you, the person that's in the situation with you. Excellent. Very good. Yeah. Well, that's, to me, that's the main theme of the movie. I mean, I, yeah. I don't really have another thing. Well, I want to talk you have a little one? bit. Yeah, I, and okay. this, is, this is not as big as that one, but I think, it, I think it's worth talking about. Because, like I said, I played football in high school. And this is going to feed into the whole leadership thing. But I want to talk about, I want to talk about two football coaches that I had. I will name one of them. I'll name the good one. His name was Don Berninger. Mm-hmm. I will not name the other one. But I will say, Don Berninger, I met him when I was going to a small Christian school that was just trying to start a football program. And he was just a genuinely good, caring man. Now, I'm not saying he was perfect. Every once in a while, he would, he would 
get a little intense, but not like he was never mean. Um, but he was a guy that like, you know, he ran a small business and he just, he coached football because he loved football and he loved kids. And he kind of took me under his wing a little bit. You know, I remember one time he, we were playing this team and he wanted to go film them. So he took me along to hold the camera. I remember. Yeah. He was like this sweet man. And you know what? That team that I played for that he coached, we never won a game. We lost every single game that season. And then I left the school. The football program disbanded. (laughs) And honestly, I never really heard from him again. Oh, he passed away. I I assumed he probably did. He did. Um, He died quite a few years ago of cancer. Yeah. Well, he told us when that he had cancer when he was coaching. So he was a really sweet person. The other coach I want to talk to is the one I will not name, but he was one of the assistant coaches at my public high school. And he went on to have a very ses- successful career in I football. don't think it's been very successful. But well, successful for a time. by for a time. Successful by a lot of standards. I mean, yeah. he spent many years coaching at big college programs. Uh, he got hired to coach in the NFL. Like but he doesn't last anywhere. No, he doesn't. And there's a reason for that. That's right. Because he's the kind of leader that no one wants to follow. When, when he was, he was my assistant coach in high school. He wasn't even, I didn't even really interact with him that much. He was mostly dealing with the offense and I played defense, but he was just, he just yelled and cussed and belittled and demeaned and just, he would grab players by their pads and shake them around. He would grab them by their face mask and pull them around the field just yelling in their faces and everything. And I was just like, how do they let this persist? And you watch a movie like this and, you know, you see some of the, the, the coaches in this movie and I get echoes of that. Mm-hmm. And to circle back to what we were talking about earlier, it's like, that's the kind of leadership that creates division among people. That's the kind of leadership that just doesn't lead anywhere good. It's, it's, the, it's the gentle and kind leadership of somebody like Don Berniger that you need. Even if you never win a game, at least the person leading you is good to you. Well, there's a reason for that, because Don Berniger was a follower of Christ, mm-hmm. and he knew what was important. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that, you know, when we talk about the kind of leaders that we have that rile up division among people, that's that's where you get into poisonous territory. Those are the people that poison people into believing that they're enemies and believing that they have to have conflict with each other, you know. It's it makes me sad. It really makes me sad. It makes me sad too. And I agree with you 100%. Okay, you want to hear something funny? We need something funny. Okay, sure. So at the end, at the, at the end, uh, what are, I guess it's before the championship game. He says, we're agile, mobile, and hostile. Remember that? Yeah. Yes. Says, and, and Coach Yost says, um, Coach Boone says, what is pain? You know, French Dad, bread. Dad said, Dad said, what? <laughs> I said, pain is the French word for bread. <laughs> he didn't know that. What is what fatigue? Is fatigue? Army, clothes. Army clothes. I never even heard that before tonight. I missed There, are, there are some good lines in this movie. I really like when Coach Yo says, Get on the ball carrier like a starving man on a Christmas ham. <laughs> oh, I, ne- I never heard that line. There's but... so many little, and the way Coach Boone is always talking about John Brown hind parts. He's always, 
<laughs> he loves to talk about John Brown hind parts. <laughs> and I love the music in this. I mean, it just makes me want to groove. Yeah, I mean, I the think. orchestral score is really is really good and effective. Uh, they've got a lot of like, you know, early 70s music. You know, this is probably the first time I ever heard the Cat Stevens song, Peace Train. Wait, are you kidding me? Yeah, I'd never heard it before this movie. It also, can you name the other uh, football film set in the early 70s that also uses that song? No. Yeah, you've seen it. Well, I'm sure I have, but I, we'll I mean, probably I cover it the, on the show at some point. I knew the song Peace Train. I mean, I remember yeah. it from when it came out. <laughs> but that song is also used in the film We Are Marshall. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I love that. So film. they're kind of they're kind of copy and remember the Titans, but I'll, yeah. I'll give them a pass because I like that movie. And we oh, need to I, talk about it one of these days. Oh, I, I do yeah. love that movie. Yeah. So. All right. Are there any sort of. Uh, parting thoughts on Remember the Titans. No, I think you covered that so well. I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, it. You, that's you did well. Thank you. Okay, I. You don't have to score me. That's not how this. I'm works. not scoring you, but I. I don't. I don't have anything else to add. I just had to add about the pain and the fatigue. Okay, I can't remember if there was anything else I wanted to talk about. It's not coming to mind right now. So I guess we will go into our final segment, the Fwiff Scale. The Fwiff Scale. Again, I will, I will shout out again uh, that this is stolen from my friends at the Fear of God. Yes. I will eventually stop giving them credit for it because it will just become its own thing. Right. But the Fwiff Scale is our uh, metric of rating movies. We rate movies on a scale of fun and feelings. Um. So tell me, oh wait, let me get out my phone so I can do the math so we can average out the scores. Um, tell me on a scale of one to 10, how you would rate this movie on its fun, meaning its style, entertainment value, that sort of thing. Man, that's just really hard. I should have thought about this ahead. I'm gonna make me some signs too. <laughs> go ahead. I'm not gonna do that, but you go ahead. Okay. Oh, I will tell you a story about that, though. Okay. I'm going to tell this story. In college, I had a teacher who loved to make terrible puns. Oh, no. And I used to sit at the back of the class, and I had little signs where I would hold up, <laughs> like in the Olympics. You'd score this. <laughs> did you really? I did. <laughs> Did your teacher like that? Oh, he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so I if you it. want to do that, go ahead. Anyway. All right. So on, on a, a scale of fun. A fun, I'll have to just give it about a seven. Okay. Um, on a fun scale, I am, you know what? I'm also going to give it a seven. So... Because I think I think it's one of those movies where it's not like the most amazing stylistic movie you've ever seen. It's perfectly functional as a movie. It's got a good script. It's got a great cast, mm -hmm. um, and it's got some very memorable scenes. But it's it's not one of those movies that that's gonna you know change the way you think about movies or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So the the second part of the scale is feelings. So. Um, emotional resonance, um, thematic resonance, that sort of thing. Oh, she's giving it a 10, y'all. You have to say it out loud. This is 10. Audio. I give it a okay. 10. I forgot where's audio. Ten. All right. I am also going to give it a seven because even though I feel like we've had a really good conversation about it, and there are some moments that sort of make me well up a little bit, particularly the Gary and Julius scenes. Uh, but uh, a lot of this movie is kind of, it's by the numbers. Um, you know, it's not any, it's, it doesn't make me think about things any more deeply than a lot of other movies that deal with similar subject matter. So I'm going to give I, it. But I lived through it. I know. And that's, that's and perfectly that, valid. I know that yeah. that has something to do with it. I lived through it. So we're going to, 
do the math real quick. Oh, shoot. I did it wrong. So we had a seven and a 10 and a seven and a seven. So we're going to divide that by four because this is basic math that, okay. So we're going to give it, we're going to give it, uh, I'm going to round up. We're going to give it an eight out of 10 okay. on the fifth scale. That was very bad podcasting where I just had to explain my math. <laughs> because <laughs> I hit the wrong button on my calculator because, you know, I'm not good at calculators, turns out. Maybe I should do the calculating. I mean, you're, you're welcome to do it. You're the accountant. I know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. So I assume that means you would recommend this movie. I do recommend this movie. I, I think it would be good if some of our leaders watched it. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably true. You know what? They've probably seen it and they probably just eh, passed it off as a fun sports movie. Well, so it's but deeper than that. Yeah. Anyway, um uh oh, we should probably address this in the in the since we're doing a family film podcast, like what ages would you recommend this movie for? I'd say any kid from eight up. Eight up? Okay, fair. I don't okay. think you're the you're the one that's raised a kid. I've never done it. But so. the thing is, is there's kids in it, and so they would just love it. Yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about Nikki at all. That's a fun character. I love Nikki. <laughs> She's such a girly girl. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not playing. I'm accessorizing. Like, well, she's like, well, Cheryl's like, you want to shoot some hoops? I just did my nails. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Anyway. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up our discussion on Remember the Titans. This has been really good. Um, next week or next episode, whenever this comes out, we are going to be discussing the 1995 film, Babe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so get ready for some talking animals and a very quiet farmer. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Um, you can find this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, hopefully. Uh, go ahead and subscribe. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. That helps little podcasts like us get heard. Uh, and until next week, I guess, left side. Strong side. <laughs> Good night, y'all. Good night.